Blog Talk Radio. The following show is a proud member of the ShowDoc Network. Learn more about this show and other great shows by logging on to ShowDoc.com. This week's episode of the Sports Docket is being sponsored by Blog Talk Radio, System Showdown. 75% of the Earth is covered by water. And the other 25 is Darrell Revis. Rematch of Super Bowl three. Here we go. Coming to you live from... What's on your docket? Welcome to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Quas. Tune in to hear their take on New York sports to see if their teams make the grade. Presented by ShowDoc.com. Live from Lynbrook in Syracuse, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Quas. Time to talk Jets football. Hello and welcome to the Sports Docket on Blog Talk Radio. And this is episode 58 for Thursday night, January 21st, 2010. We are coming to you live tonight from Lynbrook in Syracuse, New York. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Klossman. And I'm Steve Ackerman. Uh, welcome. we got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Uh, in a couple of moments, Greg Bishop of the Jets Beat for the New York Times will be on the docket to discuss Gang Green's improbable, improbable road player front so far as well as to preview the upcoming AFC Championship game, the much-anticipated game on Sunday between the number one team in the conference, the Indianapolis Colts, and the New York Jets, of course. Also at 8.30, Jim Bobak, a columnist from Newsday, and uh, Dan Trosi, a blogger of Jets Insider, will be joining us as part of a panel discussion to break down this key matchup this Sunday. Also, scenarios going to this very intriguing uh, rematch of Super Bowl three, we will discuss as well, which, of course... There was a time where the Colts were in Baltimore and resided in the NFC, and that was when they just played them in Super Bowl three. During the show, I want to hear you on the phone lines as well. We'll be taking questions when guests are on. You can call us at one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. You may have to press one to get in the call queue. If you prefer to message us, if you are too afraid to call, you can aim myself at MetsFanatic910, or of course the Quas at Go Talk to Quas. In addition. You can also leave us a voicemail or send us a text during off-show hours by calling or texting us at 315-497-SHOW. That's 315-497-7469. Be sure to text or say Sports Docket or SD before you text or call. So, Quas, tonight I'm pumped to talk some Jets football since, you know, for the first time, Gang Green has actually won two playoff games in the same season. Yeah, first time since 1982, and uh, there are definitely a uh, lot of stories storylines and key matchups heading into tonight's championship game. We'll be breaking them all down tonight. Well, on that note, uh, we would like to welcome on the docket Greg Bishop of the Jets Beat for the New York Times. Greg, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. Uh, before anything else, let's start with this. Uh, what is your impression right now of this uh, magical Jets playoff run, and do you think that it was foreseeable after their Week 16 win over Indy? Uh, no, absolutely not. In fact, I, I can tell you guys that I think I've picked against the Jets the last four weeks. Uh, people are hitting me <laughs> up on Twitter, 
Uh, they're asking me uh, to pick against them again. I think I'm kind of like a reverse good luck charm. I think along the way you thought that they were going to lose every game. It's, it appeared uh, until they got some help at the end of the regular season. But then you look at the playoff wins, and uh, you know they weren't favored in either of those games, and yet uh, they just keep winning. So it's been an interesting ride, and it's definitely not something I don't think many people except Jets themselves saw coming. I will uh, do us a favor and keep picking them to lose. Right, anyway, <laughs> many people have compared this team, you know, to the Giant team just two years ago, who um, knocked off the uh, undefeated uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl. Do you see any similarities between these teams and maybe the, you know, the style of play and like overall uh, the run being made on the road, all road games? Yeah, I think that's definitely a parallel. The road game thing. Uh, the Jets have been great on the road. They played six of their last eight games away from home, and they've been better on the road than at home this season. I think you look at the Giants team, and I covered that Super Bowl, and they were so good on defense in terms of getting to the quarterback or at least making the quarterback feel pressure. Uh, the Jets are similar. Uh, when they don't get to the quarterback, they create what they call perceived pressure, which is really uh, you know, making quarterbacks make throws that uh, they aren't comfortable making. And, uh, yeah, I definitely see those parallels. The one, uh, I think, major difference that you have to look at is that uh, the Giants had Eli Manning at quarterback and the Jets have a rookie. And I think that uh, at some point, you have to think that that's going to bite the Jets, but uh, you never know. So far, it hasn't. Yeah, it makes it even more impressive that they have you know, a rookie quarterback on. Absolutely. He would be he would be the first rookie quarterback to start in a Super Bowl, <laughs> and that's over 40 years of history. It would it would be pretty amazing if it happened, yeah. Now, of course, Rex Ryan has put a lot of confidence in, Sancho, in Mark Sanchez, and they even coined him the Sanchez at the end of the season. How much of this team's success would you say is attributed to the coach uh, being that Jets fans are long used to coaches making big, predict- making big predictions and the coach's confidence not actually translating to the player's ability on the field. Yeah, I mean, it, the NFL has long been a player's league. It, it still matters a lot how good your players are, but I, I think everything beyond the actual talent on the field you have to credit Rex for. I mean, he came in and changed an organization. He changed the way that people think, the, the way that they talk, the way, the way that they feel, he made a, he took a whole team on his back and he he turned them into believers, and I think that really matters because when they're four and six, when they look like their playoff hopes are over after the Atlanta loss, uh, they they believe in something, and I think that they believe in Rex. And so, you take a team that was already pretty good that finished nine and seven last season, was one win from the playoffs, and you give them a coach the way that Rex Ryan is, and I think it's for the recipe of what, of what we've seen. I think you absolutely have to give him credit. I mean, yeah, I think they've really, you know, taken on Rex's personality, and they they've seemed, you know, to gain some steam towards the end here um, after they went through that uh, bad streak in the middle of the season. Uh, now, now, obviously, the Jet defense is number one in the NFL, and they did well against a tough offense in San Diego last week. But um, these offenses kind of similar in San Diego and Indianapolis because they're they're uh, one of the top in the passing game, but don't really have a running game. Now, I thought the Chargers did the Jets huge favors when they ran the ball on first down. You know, Tomlinson, you know, his first rush five yards was his biggest of the game. Uh, he's absolutely done. Now, the Colts, Joseph Adai hasn't done much this year. You know they're going to rely on passing game. Now, can, uh, do they have to make any adjustments uh, from that game that they played in Week 16? Because, obviously, uh, the Colts are going to try to, you know, show them some different things, and Peyton Manning uh, will try to confuse them at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely they have to give him some different looks. Uh, Peyton Manning has been amazing in rematches, as Tony Dungy has noted this week. Uh, you look at the 2003 and 2004 seasons, the Colts beat, I mean, the Broncos beat the Colts pretty handedly while they were resting their starters, while Peyton didn't play a full game, played part of it. And then in both those games in the playoffs, the Broncos were absolutely crushed. 
you look at the way the Peyton adjusts, the different weapons that he'll have this game compared to others. He'll have Dallas Clark and Reggie Wayne for the full complement. He'll have uh, Pierre Gerson, who uh, didn't play at all last time. And he'll just have a more focused unit. Uh, what the Jets have to do and what they've been talking about all week is confuse him. It's, it's about not necessarily getting to him because he's only been sacked ten times this season, but it's about making him feel a little bit confused, uh, not letting Austin Colley go nuts as he did the first time around, um, making him look a little bit like Philip Rivers did, which was confusing and dumbfounded last Sunday. I, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's a pretty difficult task that lies ahead. We're joined right now by Greg Bishop with the Jets beat from the New York Times. Uh, belief has certainly been a key element of the Jets' success this season. Ultimately, do you think that constantly talking about the Super Bowl before you actually make it is a healthy attitude for the players? Or it's just uh, Rex Ryan being Rex Ryan. <laughs> well, I think you could probably say a little bit of both, but absolutely, I think it's a it's a healthy attitude um, to have. It, it, where it works against you is when they were four and six, and everyone was talking about how all the Jets did was talk, and how they couldn't back up anything he said, and how they couldn't back up uh, what they were saying themselves. So uh, you set yourself up a little bit, I think, to have it on your face. But if you're as confident and you believe as much as Rex does, I think that he's okay with that, and I think that's rubbed off on every level of the organization from the players to the owner to the groundskeeper it's all there and uh it's mainly from rex absolutely i don't know if there's much more room on the uh, rex ryan bandwagon anyway but uh anyway um the uh, colts obviously we're going to see a much different team uh, on sunday than we saw in week 16 um do you think possibly the uh, game last week against baltimore obviously the jets and the baltimore are similar teams they uh, base their uh, they base their uh, offense on the running game, and their defenses are aggressive and both very good. Do you think that uh, game against the Ravens last week can possibly help the Colts in facing the Jets team this week? That's kind of similar. Yeah, I think in terms of personnel and scheme, they're definitely similar, which can absolutely help. It's like seeing the same team twice already. They you know they saw the Jets in week uh, 16, and then they saw the Ravens again last week. Uh, I think one big difference between those teams is that Baltimore can run the ball pretty well, and they have a very good offensive line, but this Jets offensive line is big and physical, and it's been the best line in football all season long. Uh, the Colts have a pretty undersized defense, and I think if you're looking for one way that the Jets could win this game, it would be to wear the Colts defense down, to go after yeah. those undersized players. Jets have to be and very so, physical in this game. Yeah, and they have to get them tired and keep Peyton Manning out the field. I mean, that would kind of be the perfect scenario, to have long drives, get Sean Green going, get Thomas Jones going and uh, see if that works out. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, but I think they could definitely learn from uh, what they saw last week against the Ravens. Now, you mentioned uh, Sean Green there. Uh, how much of a role do you see uh, Sean Green playing this game, uh, being that he's been such a uh, go-to guy for the Jets in the postseason thus far? Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll have an expanded role again. Uh, you look at Thomas Jones, is uh, a little bit banged up, has been for a couple weeks. And uh, they've used them both and used them well. I, th I think Sean Green's really emerged in these playoffs. It's kind of, uh, you know, when you see teams that win, they go on playoffs runs. And Bart Scott's been saying this all week. Uh, when a team's on a real insane kind of run, there's always somebody who steps up that you don't expect, the Desmond Howards of the world, I guess. And uh, Sean Green has definitely been that guy for the Jets, and it'll be interesting to see if he can continue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Green, you know, I think much like Reggie Bush on the Saints, these these, these guys can be, you know, weapons that weren't really used much during the season. Um, but also, anyway, um, now even though, you know, Mark Sanchez, he's a young guy, the passing game hasn't been great, but uh, the acquisition of Braylon Edwards seemed to, you know, maybe get put a little jump start at, at some times in the passing game. Like, I know he drops passes, but uh, he's a big receiver, he's a good blocker, and he seems like he's he's been pretty good uh, with his attitude. 
So do you think uh, Braylon Edwards has been a big help to the Jets since they acquired him? Yeah, I think it's been a, it's been a very solid trade. You look at Mangini, and he, you could argue that he's done more for the Jets since he left than he did when he was here. <laughs> uh, you know, he essentially delivered them Sanchez and Braylon Edwards. Where Edwards is such an enticing guy, it makes for an interesting argument as to what to do with him this offseason. I mean, he's a big, tall, fast receiver who's uh, only 26. The problem is that he can't. He, he does have a propensity to drop passes, and he's had and a propensity he's to miss to... a few games next year as well. He's going to be suspended. Absolutely. For his Absolutely. altercation with uh, LeBron James's friend, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, it was I mean, Kobe, though. <laughs> you have to weigh all that stuff. I think when you're looking at him next year, I think they'd love to have him back, but not at nine million, closer to four or five. No, he's not gonna get that kind of money. Well, it's an uncapped year, so you never know. True Good enough. Um, uh, we're joined right now by Greg Bishop. He's the Jets beat from the New York Times. Um, now, of course, you mentioned some matchups in this game. What do you see as the key matchup in this game and what the game might ultimately come down to? Uh, I think key matchup you're looking at, uh, you know, paid many against the Jets secondary. Can they confuse him? Uh, can they get him uh, into uncomfortable situations? I think you're looking at the Jets' uh, offensive line versus the Colts' front four. Can they run the ball? Can they get Sean Green going? And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to, is whose style of game is, is this uh, leaning toward? Is it going to be the Jets' style, ground and pound? play good defense, or is it going to be the Colts style, um, make a few big defensive plays and let your offense carry you? And I think whichever team plays closer to its style is going to win. Now, of course, uh, an unfortunate event happened in the Woody Johnson family. Uh, he lost his daughter, uh, Cassie, uh, Casey Johnson. Um, now, of course, the Jets, uh, they gave uh, Woody Johnson a game ball after the Bengals win. Uh, do you think uh, this is on the mind of the Jets? I mean, it's kind of similar to what the Giants went through when they lost their owners, and uh, even though um, I've, I mean, it's a, a family member of the of the Jets owner, uh, do you think this will be on the mind for the Jets this game and could um, give them more confidence to go out there and, and, and win one for the owner? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it can't hurt. Uh, Woody talked to the beat writers today, Mr. Johnson. Uh, he talked about how this has been a weird season for him, you know, the seesaw of emotions. It's been a fulfilling in the sense that this is the best team he's ever had, or at least the one that went the furthest. And it's been really sad in the sense of what happened to his daughter, Casey, uh, which he, he still didn't even really address that today. So I think absolutely whatever motivation they can take, uh, they'll help. Uh, but, you know, you look at uh, you look at um, what happened to Mr. Johnson, I think that they uh, the Jets care about that. And I think it helps them a little bit in terms of motivation, but not a ton. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, those uh, deaths could be uh, kind of – they could lift the team or they could deflate a team. I think uh, the Chris Henry thing kind of deflated the Bengals towards the end. Um, but anyway, uh, we can't let you leave here without making a prediction on this game. Now, we uh, know you said at the beginning uh, you predicted them to lose every game so far in the postseason, and it certainly worked for us. So uh, what do you think is going to end up happening Sunday with uh, when it's all said and done? Well, I'm not going to break tradition. I like the Colts, and I like them by about 10 points. I think it'll be a decently close at first, but Peyton and, and then we'll pull away at the end. <laughs> So, yeah, if you want five in a row, uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week. You never know. <laughs> and uh, just to follow up to that, um, if the Jets do make it and uh, and the trend continues with you, um, which which NFC team do you think presents more of a storyline for the Jets? Uh, I think, well, I mean, it would be amazing if they ended up playing Brett Favre. It would be a huge, crazy story. But I think the Saints are interesting, too. I mean, the Jets were down in New Orleans. I was there. They had a 
they had that game pretty well in hand if Mark Sanchez uh, had played a little better. So I think both teams are really intriguing, and I think both have great stories. Uh, but Favre against the Jets would be something pretty wild. Both matchups would be absolutely great, I think. I, you know, I think with all four of these teams, really, any matchup will be a pretty good Super Bowl. I don't think you really have a bad Super Bowl. Four pretty big markets. That yeah, are, definitely. Four pretty exciting teams, uh, you know, three really good quarterbacks and an intriguing rookie. I think, I think, you know, whatever way you go, it's a very good Final Four. It'll be great to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before I let you go here, uh, Greg, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on Twitter. Yes, I'm at uh, at NYT Bishop uh, on Twitter all day long, uh, bringing some Jets updates and a lot of other stuff too. So appreciate you guys having me, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, pre- we appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some insight on this game Sunday. Thank you. Thanks. All right, take care. Thank you. That All right, of course good job by uh, Greg Bishop there, uh, you know, answering some uh, questions about this game on Sunday. And, you know, uh, about this game on Sunday, I really do think the Jets have a good chance, but much like last week, um, you know, obviously they're not as talented as the Colts. The Colts will, should be the favorites in this game. But, you know, the Jets are going to have to make a couple of plays on the defense and special teams and if they can get those big plays and hold Peyton Manning, you know, make him dink and dunk instead of letting him beat you deep, I think the Jets have a good chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at about 8.30, we'll be, we'll be joined in a roundtable Jets discussion. We'll be joined by Jim Baumbach of Newsday. He's a columnist. And we'll also be joined by um, Dan Triosi from JetsInsider.com. That's actually the number one Jets reading blog right out there right now, so definitely check that out. If you want to call in at any time, during tonight's show, a uh, number to talk to Aceman and the class is 646-478-5118. Uh, be sure to press 1 when you get on the line. You can also chat with us over on AIM. I'm on, uh, you can even go through, go through AIM first, tell us you want to c- come on, what topic you want to talk about, and we'll put you right on. Uh, you can chat with Stephen over at MetsFanatic910 and chat with myself over at Go Talk to Quas. And, and if you want to leave us an off-show voicemail, you can uh, voicemail us over at... Uh, one three one five four nine seven show. That's one three one five four nine seven seventy four sixty nine. Be sure to text or say uh, sports docket or SD before you text or call. So this way we know it's for this particular program. And that's about it. And uh, Steve, uh, as a Jets fan, you've been suffering. Uh, you've been going through a lot of pain, and it's uh, it's finally ending in some way here. Uh, regardless of what happens uh, next week, it's been a successful season. It's yeah, it's been a great ride. I mean. At the least, you know, if, if they, even if they do, you know, let's say they get killed this Sunday, I mean, they have a lot of confidence going into next year. And, you know, I think the Patriots are now maybe in a period of declining. I mean, I don't know if Brady's ever going to return to the form that he was at, you know, for Super Bowl uh, 42 against the Giants. Um, but Brady seemed like he was human this year. And if, um, you know, if the Patriots start falling a little bit, then I don't really see another team that can really compete with the Jets. <clears throat> I think uh, once Sanchez, you know, gets more experienced, uh, if they if they stay healthy, they're a solid eleven twelve win team next year. I could definitely see that. That's a great point. Uh, and uh, Sanchez, of course, uh, has been amazing because when the Giants, we mentioned the difference between the Giants two thousand and seven and the Jets of two thousand and nine. When the Giants had that magical run, they were really riding on Manning and the Plexico Burris connection, and they got guys like David Tyree come up huge. But the Jets haven't been relying on. It hasn't been solely Sanchez. I mean, it's been really it's been a, a whole team effort, and that's something that I think differs from the Jets team and the Giants team. The Jets really have a whole team effort, defense, defense and offense here. 
So it's, it's been really been a, it's, it's been a different story for the Jets. Uh, and even though Sanchez hasn't been great, like you said, uh, the Jets have some, have managed to uh, to get enough out of him in, in, in every single game, or at least during this uh, four-game he, winning streak. You know, Sanchez is certainly uh, doing his part to manage the game. I mean, the old cliche, you know, manage the game. Manage I mean, is, is he in the top ten uh, in quarterback rating this year? I don't think. I don't I'm think not sure, but he's done he's done an excellent job in the playoffs. Uh, his only interception was the, against the Chargers, and instead of the Jets, you know, right there, you know, uh, losing the game, uh, Rivas comes back with that unbelievable interception, the uh, very mm-hmm. athletic one where he was on the ground and he juggled it and went off uh, Vincent Jackson's leg. Very lucky, but at the same time, very uh, good hand-eye coordination play by Darrell Rivas. So, I, I mean, this Jet team overall, they they've done an absolute great job of playing with what they can, or, or playing with what they have, and, and I mean by that. They're not going to win shootout games. They're not going to win a game, you know, 37 to 34. They can't do that. They don't have the firepower to do that. But they're winning games by making plays on defense and running the ball. They're just playing to their strengths. And, you know, it's 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 unbelievable because, you know, you have to be the San Diego Chargers and say, I know this team is going to run 40 times. There's no way Sanchez is going to beat me, and yet they still win the game. And, you know, it should have been by more than three points, too. I mean, the defense, you know, with that stupid squib at the end gave them good mm-hmm. field position. But I mean, yeah. really, I mean, you know, Nate Kading, you know, missed a few field goals, but that's no excuse. That's that's football. That happens. So, yeah, and, and speaking of uh, playoff stats, it's actually uh, kind of interesting uh, that Sean Green, he's actually on the leader in the leaderboard. He's number one in rushing yards uh, this <laughs> postseason. Uh, who would have thought that? Six hundred? Uh, no, not six hundred. Two hundred and sixty-three rushing yards. That's just incredible. The next guy is Ray Rice on Baltimore. He's not even playing anymore. So. Sean Green, number one uh, in in rushing yards this uh, this postseason. I mean, he's been money. He's been absolute money. I mean, uh, Jones has been bothered by a little injury there. He, I mean, he's listed as probable. He's definitely going to play this week. You know, he's not going to miss this game for the world unless his both his legs are broken. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not going to miss this game. Bart Scott's a little banged up. He's not going to miss this game. You know that they need his heart and soul right in the middle of that defense. David Harris is better. So I mean, besides uh, from Jenkins and Leon Washington, they're not really uh, they're not really affected by any injuries mm-hmm. at all. So um, I, yeah, I think this team with you know they they have the right they have the right attitude, they have the right mindset. I've never seen them play this loose before. I mean, Rex Ryan really he seems like he knows what he's doing about handling these players. Oh yeah, I mean the, the, the players were even talking. It's great point, Steve. The players were even talking about this. Uh, they're talking about under Mangini, such a stiff atmosphere. Um, and he just kept everything so secluded, and now with uh, you know, the, you know, Mangini, like, oh, this is a process. Oh, we have to uh, do this this way. <laughs> Rex Ryan, he he he's like one of those cool teachers in school that you know he, yeah. he wants you to work like Mr. Storm, like what we had in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to work, but at the same time, he'll uh, he around. He'll yeah. be cool about it. He's the cool guy. Yeah, but, you know, as long as he has the players' respect, I don't really care how he acts. I don't care what, how, what he talks about because, obviously, it's working. Yeah. And, it's by the way, Rex fun. Ryan's uh, legendary coach father, Buddy Ryan, will be at the uh, indie game. This is actually the first game he's going to be attending uh, Rex Ryan. So, uh, Rex Ryan's father will be at the game. So, that that has any extra momentum. We'll see. Uh, number to call in. Uh, we got about seven minutes until we're joined by uh, Dan Triosi of uh, Jets Insider and Jim Baumbach of Newsday. The number to call in is 646-478-5187. You can also chat with us in the chat room, and you can IM us during the show. I've seen a couple people in there already. So 
definitely be sure to give us your take on this game. Uh, of course, it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how Rex Ryan manages this game, and uh, compared to how he compared to how he managed the uh, other uh, the game in Week 16, that's one thing we discussed with uh, Bishop. So, yeah, well, uh, we will you know we will discuss more to this game, but let's just spend a few minutes here on the Saints uh, versus Vikings game in the NFC. Uh, because obviously that game is important. Because if the Jets can somehow win this game in Indianapolis, uh, they will play the winner of that game, of course, in Super Bowl 44, mm-hmm. which will be in Miami on February 7th. So, Kwas, you have the Saints and the Vikings, two high-powered offensive teams, two very talented defensive teams. Uh, the Vikings are more, I think, on the defensive line. The Saints more in the secondary. But anyway, uh, who do you like in this game? I mean, what do you think it's going to come down to, Kwas? Uh, in this game, uh, I think um, you, you look at um, both Minnesota and uh, New Orleans, they blew out their opponents last week. So I'm predicting a shootout in this one. I think uh, people would be wrong not to predict a shootout. These are both uh, explosive offenses, like you said. Um, and I think bet- between uh, Reggie Bush and Brett Favre and Adrian Peterson, I mean, it's going to be an absolute shootout. I think mean, I think the defense is going to be run over like crazy in this game. Uh, it's going to. I, I think that uh, Minnesota will win it. Um, I think that uh, the Minnesota defense is a lot better than New Orleans, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm I'm predicting the Minnesota to win this one. What do you think? Well, Minnes- it's an interesting it's an interesting matchup because yeah, both teams have the firepower on offense, but I think both these teams are underrated on defense. Uh, especially the Vikings. I mean, their defense is very good. Uh, they get to the quarterback. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, honestly, everybody's going to predict a shootout in this game. You know, both these teams obviously have great offenses, and they both will score points. But I really, I don't think it's going to be a shootout like the uh, Arizona-Green Bay game we saw a couple of weeks ago. I think... I'm I expecting think a big game from Ray Edwards. I'm uh, yeah, you know, him. yeah, I mean, the Vikings just were all him. over Tony Romo last week. Yeah, I'm expecting I mean, a big game from Ray Edwards. And... Uh, the Jets get to watch this game if they, of course, knock on wood, if they make it. So. Yeah, uh, please. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody will be with us this weekend. But uh, <laughs> Hashem, <Yeah>. please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thou shalt uh, play, uh, win the Jets. Some, I don't know, something. Prayer or something, I don't know, hopefully. But, you know, the Jets really do have a fighter's chance, I think. But anyway, um, I, I do... Getting back to the Minnesota game, I really, I think I like Minnesota as well with you. Um, Brett Favre, you know, Mister uh, Four Years Old, he doesn't look a day under thirty when he's playing. I mean, it's really unbelievable how he just keeps going and going at forty years old. He's never missed a game. I just, I find that remarkable. And uh, I think Brett will lead his guys. I think Adrian Peterson's due for a big game. I think the Minnesota defense is better than the Saints defense. And I, I don't think the Saints are as good as when they were undefeated. I really don't. I, th- I like the Vikings in this game by about five. And, and, you, and you're also predicting the shootout as well? No, nah, I wouldn't necessarily say shootout. I think there's going to be points scored. I think that both teams are going to be around the like high 20s, low 30s. I mean, I, the, I don't know if you consider that a shootout, but I don't think it's going to be like a 45-42 type shootout. I think it would be something like 27-24, something like that. So it, it may come down to a field goal or something. I think it'll come down to the last drive. I think it will, whoever. But I think Minnesota, I think their defense makes a difference in Jared Allen and the Williams brothers getting. You have the Williams sisters in tennis, and you have the Williams brothers on the Vikings. <laughs> so uh, 
I think uh, I think it'll come down to the pass rush, and I think the Vikings will get a little bit more pressure on Breeze than the uh, Saints will get on Fox. Yeah, and unlike the uh, and unlike one of the Williams sisters in tennis, uh, these Williams don't act don't curse at the ref. So. <laughs> well, who knows? You don't know what happens under uh, yeah. you know, these helmets. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, words that we would not be able to say on the air here that they yeah. they say uh, probably on every down. I can you know, imagine now? just Bart Scott hollering at you during a game. Yeah. I, I mean, every other word out of his mouth is probably a curse. Just imagine. <laughs> Go yourself, fool. <laughs> now, two imagine. minutes from now, we will be joined by uh, Dan Triosi uh, of Jets Insider, as well as uh, as, as well as um, Jim Balmack of Newsday, and uh, we. If you want to call in at any time, uh, definitely be sure to get on our line and call in. Number, of course, is uh, is 646-478-5118. That's, that's the number to call in during our program. Um, I believe we do have a uh, 516 call on the air. Uh, I know we have a lot of 516 calls. Um, you're on the air with uh, Eastern on the Cross. 516, hello? Yeah, What's one going minute. on, guys? What's going on, Matt? <laughs> How do you know my name? Because uh, I'm a psychic. Well, Matt, Matt, uh, we're going to put you on hold, is that okay? And then we'll... No, nah, let him back. go, let him go, come on. All right, okay, no, one second, man. Come <laughs> Yo, what do you got for us, man? What do you got? Nothing, I was just told to call in, so I'm, uh, what do you guys think about the check-in? Well, <laughs> as we discussed earlier... Uh, Alan and I are both picking the Jets to win, but uh, our our guest uh, Greg Bishop of New York Times. Of course, the Jets are going to win. You know it. He's he's picking the Colts to win because he's picked the Colts to win every week, and uh, and 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 he's picking the Jets to win every to lose every week, and they actually won. So he has. Well, he has, I mean, uh, I don't I don't know if the Jets can. Uh, I mean, the Jets the Jets are expecting one thing that they they saw in Week 16 that they might. Uh, I think that's going to happen with uh, Peyton Manning. They might not expect it. So, well, just, well, just like Rex Ryan said, Santa isn't going to be as nice to him this time. Peyton Manning will play the whole game. So, I mean, uh, I wouldn't expect the Jets to win, but we're just crossing our fingers and hoping that they will. Uh, they have a shot, you know, with the running game and the defense. They have to just do what they've been doing the past two weeks. I mean, Indianapolis, in a lot of ways, are a similar team to the Colts. So, if they can stop Peyton Manning to a certain extent, then uh, they might have a chance. I personally think that if the uh, – just to make it past the uh, the conference game, that they uh, they they will win the Super Bowl. I think they have a chance okay. against the Vikings or Saints. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for your call. We're going to get to our guest now. So thanks All right. for your, thanks for your thoughts there. Uh, we're joined right now. Uh, we'd like to welcome in uh, Jim Jim Baumbach of Newsday. Jim, uh, thanks for taking time to join us tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. And we're also joined by Dan Triosi of Newsday. Uh, Dan Triosi of Jets Insider. I apologize. Dan, thanks for coming on as well. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thank you. Uh, great. So um, we're going to start with Jim here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your first impressions of this magical uh, Jets run and whether uh, you thought it was foreseeable after uh, the Jets Week 16 went over India. Uh, I think uh, it's very impossible to say that you could say it was foreseeable. I mean, the win over Indianapolis was, was good. Obviously, they needed to win, but it's not like you came away from that saying, you know, this team is going to be in the AFC Championship game a couple of weeks from now. I mean, I think uh, at that point it was all about, you know, staying alive and perhaps getting a, a playoff game and seeing what happens. And 
and really, I mean, you got to be impressed. I mean, this has been a magical run, and no matter what happens from here. And Dan, your thoughts on that? I mean, I think we saw early on in the season, I mean, this team had the defense that could possibly make a run, you know, if they even got in, but the thing was, would they get in? And, I mean, week 15, you know, after that loss to uh, Atlanta, kind of, you know, even Rex Ryan didn't even know what what was good with this team. So uh, they did get in, and uh, we're seeing what can happen when you have a running game and a, a strong defense, which is, I, I'll say that it's Super Bowl caliber. Uh, definitely. Uh, once again, guys, thanks for uh, joining us for a few minutes here. Uh, many people, you know, have been comparing this Jet team to the Giant team of two years ago. Um, do you think that there are any similarities between these two teams, and do you think that the Jets can pull what the Giants did and win four road games in a row? I mean, I think there's definitely similarities. Uh, you know, not so much in the styles per se. I mean, that that team did have a good defense, but it's a little. It's definitely a different uh, defensive attack. I mean, I don't even know if there's many similarities to what the Jets do defensively, but um, I think there's similarities just in the storyline. I mean, obviously winning on the road, obviously surprising people, and uh, a team that you know I. That team did play well down the stretch. There was, uh, you know, reason to believe. You know, I mean, you know, like we just heard. I mean, this team, this Jets team, had a defense that early on throughout the year you saw signs that this team could be very good. But just their their plain inconsistency made it unbelievable. Made it reason made it hard for anyone to really anticipate something like this. Uh, but that said, I mean, just the sphere storyline. Just from that perspective, I think you got to look at the Giants as a reason to believe that this team could win this uh, Sunday, and then you know who knows what happens in the Super Bowl. That's a great point. And uh, to our next question here, um, what do you guys see as the uh, big matchup going into this game? We'll start with uh, Jim here. Big matchup? I, I mean, obviously it's Peter Manning. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can get any uh, bigger deep down than that. I mean, no matter what the Jets do in any other matchup. Um, you know, I guess you could say, you know, Revis and, uh, and Reggie Wayne. But even beyond that, I mean, it's going to come down to whether the Jets can rattle Peyton Manning. Can they get him off his game? Because this guy, it, you get the sense that you two and the two of us can go out there, be the receivers for Peyton Manning, and they can win. You know, I mean, he, he's that good. He, he's the best player right now. So I think it comes down to whether they can, you know, make him have a game like he did in that 41 nothing win from uh, several years back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Peyton Manning is just un- an unbelievable athlete. Um, now, the Jets, uh, they've had a lot of success recently, of course. How much would you um, – do, uh, do you think it's, you know, Rex Ryan talking a big game, you know, bring a new attitude to this team? I mean, do you think that has anything to do with their possible, you know, success here? Or do you think it's mostly just the guys getting uh, more fit into the system and the rookies getting uh, more experience? Because we saw with Jim. Boy, you guys are going with me every single time. I feel like I'm dominating. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think, I think, you know, uh, you know, not to steal thunder, for, you know, but I, I think Rex Ryan is definitely a big part of it, and it's not all his gusto and his. But I think you got to change the culture. Um, you know, we see this in football more than we see in any other sport. When it comes down to it, is uh, you know, the previous coach was, uh, you know. A domineering, you know, a guy who, you know, didn't like to talk and everything seen in-house, well, the next coach will be, you know, the player's type of coach that the players will love, the media will love, and, and it's the type of guy that really invigorates um, a franchise. I just don't think we've ever seen it to this scale where you had someone like Mangini who was on t- one total end of the spectrum, and then the other guy, Ryan, coming in, and what he's done is not just changed the way Mangini did things, he's changed the whole culture 
of, of the way the Jets run. And I think it's impressive to do that in one short season, and uh, I think that definitely needs to have an impact here on what's going on. Dan, what you think, say to Ryan? Yeah, go ahead, sir. I think Ryan, you know, he's he's definitely had an impact. I mean, the players, they say, like, they've – you're obviously – you have this about 80% of the team that was here last year. So you, it's not like the Jets made that much of a dramatic turnaround personnel-wise. They're just playing a lot looser. The guys, they're having fun, and that's really the big thing. Rex, he's he's a player's coach, but he's also – he knows when to get serious. These guys are playing looser. They feel like they have more free reign than they did under Mangini. Uh, and – that's something that they say to us, you know, they say to the media every day. They're just, they're a lot more uh, relaxed and looser, and that's been pretty much the big difference this year. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think Eric Mangini, uh, when he was running the show, they were a little bit tighter than they are right now with Rex, but certainly whatever he's doing is uh, working the past couple of weeks. Now, uh, we'll start with Dan first this time, since uh, Jim needs a little break here. <laughs> how does the number one jet defense, you know, uh, how do they readjust themselves to the Colts? You know, because obviously uh, they played week 16, but this is a whole new ball game. This is the AFC championship game. Um, now, I think the Chargers, the game last week might help the Jets because I think their offenses run a little similar. Phillip Rivers and, you know, Peyton Manning, two of the best in the business. Both teams don't really have a running game. So what kind of adjustments do the Jets need to make in order to be successful and have a chance to win on Sunday? Now, see, I'm going to kind of disagree with you here. Uh, I think the Jets are most comfortable and most, most successful when the defense isn't uh, per, like, adjusting to their opponent, per se. I think in the first half of the Charger game, you kind of saw that. The Jets were in more of a cover, too. They were kind of adjusting to their opponent and trying to move up the ball up and down the field. But, I mean, they got fortunate. They only scored seven points. But in the second half, they went back to more of a man coverage, things they've been doing uh, more often during the season. And they were just—they were more true to their game plan. I think on Sunday they've got to be true to the game plan. You know, Peyton Manning can go up to the line of scrimmage. He's going to make some changes. You know, yell some things out. He always does. But it's going to come down to just sticking to the game plan they have. You know, obviously it's, they got to get pressure on him. There's no doubt about it. They only give up uh, the offensive line of the Colts. That is, they only given up about 10 sacks this year, which is pretty impressive. So it's going to be a lot of uh, tall tasks to get into that backfield. But that's what's going to come down to. Yeah, I totally agree with what Dan said there. I mean, basically, you know, the Jets really can't change their game. Uh, they almost need to have their game uh, throw the other team off, the, you know, their game. I mean, it's, you know, it sounds simple, but, you know, we like we saw, like Dan just said, we saw it as a Charger game. I mean, we need the other team to be playing at the Jets' pace. If, if it becomes the type of offensive game where, where, you know, I mean, the way I look at the Jets, if they come down to, to scores, if they're down 14 points, I really don't think they have a shot, and uh, you know. So, and the way, how do you do that? You have to stop the other team from playing their game. And I think more important this week than any other week, that it needs to be a low-scoring game, and it needs to be a game that's played on a game on a type of pace that the Jets can just run the ball, can play to their strengths. I mean, it's uh, pace is more important to the Jets than I think any other playoff team right now. That's a great point. We're joined right now by Jim Balmuck of Newsday and Dan Triosi of JetsInsider.com. Uh, now, we're obviously going to see a, a much different Colts team on Sunday than the one we saw in Week 16. In that regard, uh, do you think watching tape of a regular season Colts team holds as much value for the squad as opposed to watching the tape from last week's Ravens game? We'll start with Dan here. I mean, definitely. I mean, but you got to you, – basically the Jets have to kind of not copy the game plan of the Ravens, but they're going to branch off of it. I mean, the Ravens' are defense is basically the same defense that 
they're going to be seeing this week with the Jets. So, um, you know, I thought the Ravens did a pretty good job. They just, you know, they killed themselves with turnovers. I thought the defensive game plan, they really, as much as commentators said that the, uh, the Indy offense was getting to sink, I really didn't see it. I mean, I saw it in kind of offense that never really got comfortable throughout the game. I mean, if uh, Ed Reed doesn't, you know, fumble that interception or they don't have the penalties, you know, that's a different ball game. So, I mean, I think the Jets should, uh, they should take more of a look at that Ravens game than, you know, even the game they played against the Colts. Even if it was, you know, about three quarters that Manning was playing, I think that that's a more, um, more true uh, synopsis of what they're going to see on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think that's a very, very good point because people get, uh, you know, so focused on the Jets-Colts game, even though, you know, obviously the Colts weren't playing the win, you know, in the last quarter and a half. But, you know, people focus on, well, what did they do to stop Peyton Manning in the, in the first three, you know, two and a half quarters? What did they do to keep him uncomfortable? And it's like, okay, well, you can look at that. But the fact of the matter is the game, even in the first half, didn't mean anything to the Colts. What the Colts were doing last week was a game that meant to, you know meant something. Obviously, they're playing to win, and not only playing to win, they're trying to you know win forty nothing. So it's not even a question come uh, you know fourth quarter. So you know you you look at that game and you, and you look at what you know the Colts are doing and you and you game plan and all that. But I mean, you know, not to keep harping on the same point, but you know, you just need to remember. And I think that Rex Ryan has proven very well with this the last uh, two weeks is that they need to focus on what they can do to stop, you know, not to play to the other team's game. I mean, and so often you see that in playoff football where, where teams just totally change their style. And, uh, and I, that's one thing I've been impressed with, with Rex Ryan and uh, his coaching staff is that they've, they've really stuck to what's work and they've, uh, they've made big game adjustments too, which uh, obviously was critical last week. All right. Um, before we continue, I do have a question from a fan here. Um, this fan apparently misses Lavernius Coles. And this fan says uh, they think Coles would be able to help Mark Sanchez, you know, with those uh, type of third down passing plays. They don't think Braylon Edwards is getting the job done. What do you think of that? Uh, I think I, they definitely need. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you want me to go? I guess go first. All right, I, I'm going to totally disagree with that fan. I mean, I think what we saw from Lavernius Coles. I mean, he's been injured this year, but he's not the same player that he was when you know in his heyday here in New York. I mean, I think Jerry Lacostri is doing a fine job. I mean, forget about Braylon Edwards for a second. Uh, I think he's doing a fine job as a third-down receiver. I mean, I don't see how Coles would be well, a yeah, an he, upgrade here. He made those two, uh, two big catches on third down in the game in San Diego last week, Edwards, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I'm talking more of over the course of the season, Cotri's kind of been the, third, the go-to guy in third down. And I I just think that it's it's not gonna whatever receiver was out here, it's not really gonna make that much of a difference with the rookie quarterback. It's more of the you know, the offensive line protecting him and him making the throws, not who's whether we have uh a uh Lavernius Coles or Brillen Edwards out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree to a point. I mean, they don't need Lavernius Coles. Lavernius Coles, his career is behind him. You know, he may have another good year or two in him, but you know that his best years were as a Jet, and they're not going to be able to uh, get back to that point. Uh, that said, they do definitely need receivers like Lavernius Coles was in his heyday. I mean, uh, I think if you're going to look at areas where they can improve upon for the next couple of years, I think the receiving core, without a doubt, could need some uh, upgrades. Um, you know. There's some players there that obviously are playing well, and there's some talent, uh, you know, going forward. But I, I think that's a that's definitely a spot where you need to upgrade. And um, you know, I, I saw the story this week that they're looking to bring back Edwards, and they're going to try different ways. Of, to, you know, Edwards is 
I don't think he's the answer, but he's certainly better than what they had, they, you know, uh, to begin the season with. Um, you know, that, that said, uh, I think it's going to be interesting, you know, from an offensive standpoint. You know, I think this team will always be, you know, a run-first team, at least to how they're currently situated for, for the next two, three years. But it'll be interesting to see who they can find either through the draft, most likely through the draft, and how they can develop that guy uh, to, be, to be Mark Sanchez's guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, now, um, you know, obviously the passing game is not the bread and butter of the Jets. That's the running game. Um, Sean Green has certainly been absolutely tremendous uh, for the Jets. Um, now, how much do you think he's going to even get a bigger role this weekend, considering how he's playing? And Thomas Jones seems to be nicked up by uh, a couple of injuries. I think you're going to see kind of the same game plan you saw last week. I mean, Thomas Jones had been resting in practice the last couple of weeks. That's just the kind of um, game plan they've been going with to rest the veteran guys like him and Richardson. But it's kind of like the ground and pound with Jones more in the first half. And then once the defense is, is worn down, you send Sean Green out there with more carries, and he's just going to burst through that secondary. Yeah, it's kind of like the Chris Martin Lamont Jordan uh, tandem that they had that didn't really go to the success that they have going right now in these two playoff games, but it's kind of the idea they had uh, that's seven, eight years ago, I guess, if it's that, been well, that they, long. They had those two in that uh, 41 nothing game, if I'm not wrong, it, right? Oh, so maybe, maybe we can see a little foretelling of the, you know, this weekend. But, you know, I, maybe, I, think, uh, yeah. I think Dan hit it on the uh, – of uh, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Dan hit on the head with the, you know, with the way they use him. I don't think it's going to change much. I mean, if anything, I think you might see, uh, you know, the Brad Smith uh, plays. I mean, obviously, a lot of teams, uh, you know, Bengals and um, and Colts really game plan for that after what happened in that, uh, you know, regular season finale. But you know, now that we're two games removed from that, maybe uh, maybe that gets installed in there a little bit. But I don't I don't think the running game is going to change much. We're joined right now by Dan Triosi of JetsInsider.com and Jim Baumbach of Newsday. Uh, now, we just talked a little bit about Braylon Edwards. Um, how huge has his new attitude and style of play been for the Jets, uh, being, that he came to, being that he came to the Jets with such a, a tarnished image? We'll start with Jim here. Uh, I mean, I, I've kind of been disappointed in him. I mean, I remember that year he had, what, three years ago yeah. now? I mean, I mean uh, he, he was just, you know, all everything. And, you know, I, I don't think – you know, if you're gonna, does he rank as a as a as an elite number one receiver? I don't know if he falls in that. And if he is, he's one of the one of the, you know the bottom of that. Well, two I mean, years he ago he was. Was it was it two years ago? Was the year I he believe, had? I yeah, think I it was oh seven. I think he had a, he had the tremendous year with it. It was like six right. touchdowns and uh, like right. fourteen hundred yards. It was ridiculous. I had him on my had him on my fantasy team that year, so I was uh, I was a happy guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I drafted him the year after. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I mean, I mean, we saw the drops. We, we've seen seeing what's going on. I mean, he's definitely a target. He definitely draws attention. Um, you know, he definitely spreads the field. Is he the best at what he does? No, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, but I, I think he's also been better at that spot than the Jets have had in, in several years now. So, um, you know, it's hard to – it's one of those situations where, you know, you have him and you're going to complain about him. If you don't have him, you're going to say, we need someone like that, you know. So, uh, is he the perfect answer? No, but, but he has definitely helped this offense without a doubt. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think he yeah. helps them move the ball and everything. Yeah, like like Jim said, uh, I mean, he's definitely helped this offense a lot. I mean, he's, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's he's no uh, Randy Moss in his prime or that. He's not receiver that they thought they were getting yet. I mean, he's shown flashes that first Miami game where he went out and had about, like I think five catches, he had the touchdown. Uh, you know, but he's also had like you know the last the first playoff game he dropped that ball in the end zone. So he's had some big drops, but I think he's been good in the blocking game. And, you know, like you guys said, he's been a model system off the field. And, you know, I really 
I, that's the thing I was really surprised with. I thought he'd just come to New York and, you know, it was just a time bomb waiting to happen. But, you know, he's cleaned up his act, and he seemed to uh, fit in really good with the locker room guys. And, uh, you know, I like what they do with him. They're giving him a one-year deal. You know, it's go out next year and show us your worth. And then, you know, it's it's kind of a little risk for the Jets. So I think they they, they stand pat this, this offseason. They're not going to go out and, you know, make a deal for an Aquan Bolton or anything like that. But, you know, they have Edwards there, and they'll have the option next year to give him that big deal. Oh, yeah, at least, you know, he's not on the Mets or the Knicks, so at least, you know, you have a chance for success. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> True. Anyway, um, uh, finally, uh, this will be the last thing that we uh, say here. Uh, you know, we couldn't let you guys go without making a prediction. So I'll start with uh, you, Dan. Uh, what do you think is going to happen this Sunday? Uh, will the Jets advance Super Bowl Forty Four? Yes, the Jets, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but they're going to the Super Bowl. I really think that they're <laughs> going to, they're going to, be able to uh, get inside Manning's head. I mean, Peyton Manning, I mean, he's a great quarterback, one of the best of all time, but, I mean, if you look at the stats, he's really, he never has performed, aside from that one game in New England where he really threw the ball over the field on them, uh, he really has never performed that highly in the postseason. And I just think that the Jets' defense, it comes down to this, the Jets' defense is better than the Colts' offense, and that's going to win them this game. You know what, I'm going to be Debbie Downer here. I mean, as much as I'd like to see it, very nice. <laughs> I, I just, I really, I just Peyton Manning that that they're playing right now is a, is at the top of his game. I mean, it's funny to look back at the stats from that forty-one nothing game and saying, you know, how did they do that to Peyton Manning? But you realize that was the guy who was playing his what fifth year out of the in the league. I mean, they, this guy right now is as good as they come. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not taking away from any of the Jets' accomplishments, but but they definitely uh, capitalize on, on mistakes, which is what you need to do. But you wonder whether you know the missed field goals and the situation like that are going to happen on top of the fact that they need to stop this great quarterback. So, and like I said earlier, you know, this is a team that, you know, doesn't have the offense to keep up with, uh, you know, a high powered game. So I, mean, I, I, I really see this game being like a 14 nothing game uh, heading into the second quarter. And the Jets really forced to decide, you know, can we stick with our running game or, or do we need to make, make some plays here? And I, I mean, at that point, I think uh, it's trouble. So I'll, I'll give you like a 20, 21 to six uh, score or something like that. But I think if it's close, I think the Jets are, are winning it. But I, I think uh, that you know I, I'm, I'm going to look at a 21-6 Colts win here. All right. Well, uh, Jim and uh, Dan, we uh, we appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, but uh, Jim, I'd like you uh, I would like you to tell Rex Ryan what you just told me and see what he says about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he would uh, like that very much. But you know what? Um, this should sure be a great game Sunday, and we appreciate you guys for coming on. So thank you very much. Uh, before okay, you guys go here, uh, just tell us where uh, we, we know we can follow uh, Jim over on Newsday, the column. Also, uh, go to JetsInsider.com. Uh, Dan, where can we follow you on Twitter? And then, Jim, where can we follow? You, where can people follow you on uh, Twitter? On Twitter, you can find me at uh, Dan, Dan Troisi, D-A-N-T-R-O-I-S-I on Twitter. Right. And I'm I'm at uh, Jim Baumbach, J-I-M-B-A-U-M-B-A-C-H, and uh, I apologize ahead of time for any tweets that I send you. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, guys, thanks so much for coming on, and we hope thank to you see very much. you uh, sometime down the line. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Go right, Jets. Thank you. Go Jets. All right. So, so of course, uh, was Jim Baumbach of Newsday and uh, Dan Triosi of Jets Insider. Well, difference, difference of opinion there. Actually, Steve, tonight we had uh, two of two of three of our guests uh, predict the um, the Jets to uh, lose. to lose to the Colts, and uh, and that's actually kind of interesting because 
if I remember correctly, when we did the uh, when we did our Giants show a couple of years ago, all of our guests predict the Giants lose to the Patriots. So um, I think uh, if you follow us on our show, I have a sure how good of a chance to win this game on Sunday. I really do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll take any any callers now. If you want to call in, we got eight minutes to go here. We'll talk a little bit more about this. About this other. <laughs> yeah, enough time for the Jets to score two touchdowns. No, three. Who knows? If it's against the Bengals in Week 17, it might be three. Three. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steve, I, I got to think that the kicker in, uh, in San Diego is going to get fired um, or let go. I mean, well, my friend, a... I'll give my I'll give credit to my friend Matt who called before. He had a very good <laughs> newspaper headline. Uh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> the next day for uh, San Diego. So, uh, you know what? I mean, this isn't the first time though. I mean, he's I think he's about you know three for ten at home in the playoffs, something like that. So it's insane. Yeah. If you remember about five years ago, they also yeah, uh, he uh, yeah, missed a big field goal in overtime against the Jets. That would have won the game, and he missed a forty-yard field goal, and then, and then the Jets you know went right down the field, and then Doug Bryan of all people uh, kicked the game-winning field goal. So. <laughs> But, yeah, if you remember in that year, they lost the next game to Pittsburgh in the divisional round uh, with Doug Bryan broke our hearts. Yep. So, again, I'm going to call as always 646-478-5118. And that says uh, that you can reach us during the live show. Just leave us a voicemail, 1315-497-SHOW. 1315-497-7469. If you have a good voicemail and uh, you like it, we'll actually play on the air and answer it live. So. Definitely be sure to hit us up on the uh, voicemail. And, uh, or you can just send us a text and we can answer that as well. Um, now, of course, uh, a lot of people weren't talking about this um, during, before the Chargers Jets game, but the Jets do have a very good history against the Chargers uh, in the postseason. And the last time they beat the Chargers was in San Diego as well. So uh, the Jets have played the Chargers well in the postseason. They, they won two now. So. It's been a, it's been a great run against the uh, Chargers at least, and uh, we actually have a caller right now. Uh, I'm going to switch gears to the caller. It's Matt from uh, Seven Train to Shay. He has some quick mess news here. Matt, hello. Yes, I am here, Quas. Hey, Matt. Okay. How you doing? doing good. Doing good. Ready for uh, ready for Friday. Ready for the weekend. I'm yeah. ready for Sunday already. I wish it was Sunday. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's risky. The Jets in yeah, January. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, no kidding. I can't believe the Jets are they're pulling like a the, page out of the Mets book here. You know, yeah. just out of the '99 Mets, almost. Uh, that's the way I look. The yeah, Jets in January are better than the Mets in uh, Mets in don't October. Win these the games, though, so hopefully the Jets are a little different. <laughs> yeah, I joke around with Greg. I go, this makes up for uh, all, all the Mets heartache they put us through this past season. So, I mean, know, maybe all we needed was a chance. And it also makes up for the Yankees winning the World Series. You, gotta, you can't forget about that. So. That is true. Well, that you know what? True. 09 was the absolute disaster year for Mets and Jets fans. But hopefully uh, 010, you know, the, or 10, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. God damn it. <laughs> but, you know, maybe the counter changing is exactly what we needed. You know, the Jets are perfect in the 2010. Of course, yeah. uh, they clinched the playoff spot, won a wild card game and a divisional game, and hopefully they're not done yet. Okay. Hopefully it keeps on going. Matt, what do you got on the uh, Metropolitan for us? All right, this is what's happening with wait, the Wait, wait, before uh, you talk, before you talk, who, who did we miss signing today? The miss signing today? Well, we <laughs> like every day, you know, Molina signing here, Corey Sullivan <laughs> signing here, 
uh, Joel Pinheiro signing here. You know, it seems like we're looking uh, at all these guys that we're close with. Yeah, no kidding, especially Molina. I thought that was a sign, sealed, locked, and delivered, you know, basically right on your front porch, but I guess not. Uh, <laughs> latest is latest is that uh, obviously they're going to need pitching. Garland's out there. Uh, bench sheets, uh, you know, work within the Rangers organization. Uh, according to a, uh, an AL source, it seems like the Rangers are going to make a very strong push at sheets. Obviously it makes sense that they are. Um, well, you know, if it's between the Rangers and the Mets, the Rangers will get them. Oh, probably. It makes sense, too. Uh, you know, Sheets had now Rangers pitching coach Mike Maddox in Milwaukee. Maddox was there during Sheets' bullpen session on Tuesday, camera and all. But uh, it just seems more, more and more likely that the Rangers are the favorites to land Sheets at this point over the Mets. But uh, I've, I have heard, uh, according to a couple of sources, that uh, the Mets are very serious contenders for Sheets and uh, – they're going to make a we'll serious see. run at him. So, that's well, can, be, can he be the same pitcher from the Brewers? That's what yeah. I want to see. Yeah, to tell you the truth, though, I mean, I almost would rather have John Garland. I mean, the chances of Sheets being healthy, the chances of Garland being healthy. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, Sheets has a higher ceiling than Garland does, but, you know, you have to have a ceiling. So, <laughs> I don't know if that was a bad analogy or not, but, uh, I mean, Sheets just never seems to stay healthy, but, I mean, if he can, he would be a great asset to his team. With behind Santana, yeah, well, that would be a good one, too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when he's healthy, he's got ace stuff potential. Obviously, you know, we've seen him when he's hurt. He's he's out for a while, but, uh, I mean, he looked great during uh, his bullpen session mm-hmm. on Tuesday. He was topping out at 91. Curveball was a little off, but uh, I guess, you know, reading from all these, all these tweets and all these uh, re- these articles, scouts say he looked good. You know, it's really, it's really, it's really, uh, sorry to interrupt, it's, it's, it's really dumb that they, you know, he throws these side sessions. All he has to do is uh, face the Mets, and, you know, he, anybody could, anybody would sign him. <laughs> Much like I anyway, Matt, uh, I want to thank you for the call, Matt, and uh, best luck with seven thank trains you, Matt. today. And uh, we hope uh, that the uh, Mets will follow suit with the Jets in some shape or form. I mean, you know, anything with the Mets, I mean, God, we had, we had to ruin the show by talking about the Mets, didn't we? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. That, of yeah. course, uh, was Matt from Seven Train to Shay. Definitely sure to check him out. we got one minute to go. I want to give the quick listener account. Uh, last show, uh, we had uh, what was it? we had a 12 live and 130 in the archive. In this show, uh, we had 14 live, and it is more counting, so it could reach 20. We're moving so up, baby. Live. Moving on up, we're coming back, uh, 14 Live. Uh, you can follow us uh, over at uh, Facebook and Twitter. We should have a show next week, so definitely stay tuned for that. If the Jets are in, it'll be the uh, week in between the Super Bowl show. You don't want to miss that. Um, you know, you follow stop, us- being, uh, stop being so nice. <laughs> no, it's actually a 14.0, not 14. Yeah, come on. 14 million people listening, not 14 people. Uh, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's all in uh, 14 million. Even Jay Leno doesn't get that many. <laughs> all right, well, um, we will. Well, I guess I'd like to thank everybody for listening at this point because we're just about to run out of time. Uh, well, thank you Jets. for listening uh, once again. Uh, let's go Jets. Uh, stay warm this weekend, and uh, hopefully uh, the Jets will come through. Yeah, let's bring the Super Bowl back to New York again for the second time in three years. Three years. Do it. I'm Ethan Klossman. I'm Steve Ackerman.
We're going to end with a song called Roll Your Dice by Tay Zonda. He's the guy from Chocolate Rain. The Jets will be rolling their dice on Sunday, so hopefully uh, they'll roll a six. Chocolate Rain. Yeah, here we go. Dude, here we go. you got a life that you can gamble away. You better get out of Vegas and head to L.A. Put your body on the table, tell the dealer to roll. Can't afford no lucky charms, but the city's a bowl. Just apologize to mama when you slip like a bunny. They paid 50 bucks, so you didn't ask her for money. Start sleeping on the couch just to pay off your Lexus. Then you call a fortune teller when you park it in traffic. Then they can see your smile. Shout out at all the People see you like the Lord, yeah, yeah, Roll your dice, say you're paranoid, see the angels quit, and only agents play. If you roll your dice down the lonely track, you could be your star and win the angels back. Roll your dice, say you're Cause some bad people win and some good people lose They pray to God on the corner with the holes in their shoes Every waiter, every taxi driver's really just a diva Growing old, thinking they can be the next Angelina They get cast for a movie, but they don't tell their family They're a drug in the 29th